This is Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. And now the host of Dish and Dirt, Gary Pickren. And greetings, welcome back everyone to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I'm your often opinionated but rarely wrong host, Gary Pickering, coming to you from the beautiful downtown Columbia offices of Blair, Cato, Pickering, Castellan. This, the very first week of 2024. So, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everybody had a safe holiday season and ready to start 2024 with a bang. It's hard to believe that it's already here. It just seems like time is flying by. But very excited to start another calendar year. Not only of Dish and Dirt, but of doing real estate closings here at Blair Cato. So before we start, thank you very much for all your support in 2023. And we hope that we can continue or to become your real estate closing attorneys here in 2024. So don't forget to send those closings over to Blair Cato in 2024. So let's talk about what we're going to do here the next couple of weeks for Dish and Dirt. So next week on Dish and Dirt, I'm going to talk about 2024. What are the experts saying? about the real estate market in the year to come. But before we can examine 2024, I think we need to close the books on 2023. And in order to do so, we need to look back at what happened this year in the housing market, which at times, unfortunately, seemed to dominate the news cycle in some pretty negative ways. So today, let's take a look at 2023. Let's see what forces are out there that have shaped our market in 2023 that more than likely will continue to shape the market in 2024. Before we begin our financial side of the market, where we're going to spend the vast majority of our time, I would be remiss if I don't at least mention that at the end of the 2023 year, in terms of real estate news, it was dominated by the Sitzer Burnett case covering the clear cooperation rule from the National Association of Realtors and the Multiple Listing Service. Unfortunately, as y'all recall, the jury verdict came in and after trouble damages, it was around $5 billion with a B. And then that was followed by the filing of what they're now calling the mother of all commission cases. And then we had a slew of other cases throughout the country and one even being filed in Spartanburg County in South Carolina. However, I understand that that agent was not even a Spartanburg agent, it was a North Carolina agent. I don't know that for sure, but I've been told that. Now, I have discussed Sitzer Burnett cases and all of this other stuff in previous episodes. We'll refer back to those episodes and not spend the time on Sitzer Burnett today that we've already spent, but we'll talk mainly about the financial aspects of 2023. But we have to understand that these cases have the potential to shift how we do business, not only in 2024, but moving forward forever. And if I might say, Dish and Dirt, by the way, was way ahead of the curve on this one when we had Jeff Wheeler come on and talk about this matter well before the trial started. And Jeff was sounding the alarm bells then, saying that we weren't thinking about this case enough, that we weren't taking it serious. And Jeff was 100% right. He had a lot of concerns about things that were going on in this case and things that weren't didn't seem to be right. And Jeff, unfortunately, was proven right with a $5 billion verdict coming against the Realtor Association. This is why you should be listening to Dish and Dirt. I'm just saying, this is an exact example why you should listen to Dish and Dirt every week because we're going to try to stay on top of the topics that matter most to you to make sure that your job is easier, safer, and better. But let's talk about from a broader standpoint. The main events that affected the market in 2023 were basically a repeat of a lot of the issues that were in 2022. Mortgage rates went up. Home prices didn't go down. That was pretty much the market. It was a perfect storm, if you will, that created what was really a difficult year of housing affordability for most of our consumers. And of course, 
the industry and within our industry that seemed to be the hardest hit was our mortgage lender friends. Uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of friends in the mortgage industry that saw their income plummet tremendously, and a lot of them lost their jobs. So that was a very hard thing to see. And then, of course, a lot of agents also experienced a lot of, uh, let's say, regression in their growth in business. But there was some good news. Before we talk about the bad news, let's do talk about the good news. It wasn't all bad in 2023. There was a few good things that happened. Investopedia.com says their headline, the great housing crash of 2023 that wasn't. And I think that is a great thing. If you look back, there were lots of predictions in 2023 of a crash of the real estate market. And while our lender friends certainly felt the crash in terms of the number of mortgage loans they were doing, we did not see an overall market crash. Numbers were down. I think in Columbia and in the upstate, I think you can probably say the numbers were down for most people somewhere between 15 to 25 percent. So we did see some decrease, but the housing prices did go up to offset some of that decrease in your commissions. Another bright spot in our market was that South Carolina continues to be the absolute best place in the country to live. People are moving here in droves. The United Van Lines report that they send out annually said that South Carolina was one of the top states that people were moving to, and people were coming for the South for better weather, cheaper cost of living, and a much friendlier atmosphere and less political craziness. The study is part of their annual review, and this is what they said of why people were moving to South Carolina. The number one reason, 38.69% of people moved to South Carolina for retirement, Cost of living is very inexpensive. 28.57% moved to the Palmetto State to be closer to family. 25.89% moved for a lifestyle change. The fourth top reason was jobs at 20.54%. The study also showed that 40.29% of people who moved to South Carolina had incomes of at least $150,000 or more, and another 26.7% had incomes of 100000 to one forty nine. So if you add those two numbers together, 66% of the people who moved to South Carolina were making more than $100,000. That's good for everybody because it means they have money to spend at restaurants and retail and other places here to help our economy to continue to grow. Now, WLTX reported this year that new numbers from the U.S. Census showed that South Carolina is the fastest growing state in America. According to the U.S. Census from July 2022 to July 2023, South Carolina grew by 90,600 people to just over 5.373 million people. That is a 1.7% increase, which was the highest percentage increase in the nation. And if I recall right, I think we were number five in total numbers. If you really want to think about this, this is from Carl Blackstone, President and CEO of the Columbia Chamber of Commerce. He said Mount Pleasant, which is the fourth largest city in South Carolina, has about 90,000 people. We added 90,000 people just in this year. So basically, you added the fourth biggest city to the state of South Carolina. So that's incredible growth. And where are the people coming from? Well, of course, they come from Georgia and North Carolina, which makes sense since those are close states. But 15,537 people came from New York. 15,035 came from California. So 30,000 people, one third of those came from the two biggest states that everybody seems to be fleeing from. The Greenville News also reported some good news for the upstate that South Carolina remains the number one hotspot of American movers, with Greenville placing number five when it comes to top cities in the country for incoming residents, and Myrtle Beach was number three. So certainly lots of good news before we get into the financial news. So what about our overall market? Let's go ahead and jump into that. But let's first look at some of the headlines. Claire Trapasso of Realtor.com states, quote, 
This year will go down in history as one in which the housing market came to a standstill. Put another way, 2023 was the year the housing market froze over. Redfin says in their 2023 housing market year in review, a market ruled by mortgage rates. I think that's probably the more correct headline. It certainly was ruled by mortgage rates. So let's talk about the overview and then we'll talk about specifics. Jamie Forbes of Redfin writes, 2023 was a difficult year for the housing market. It started with a continuation of negative trends from the end of 2022 and turned into the least affordable year for home buying on record. Season trends buckled. The spring home buying season never happened. Housing inventory remained historically low throughout the year and sales plummeted. The market was so difficult that more than half of recent home buyers believe buying a home was more stressful than dating. How about that for you guys? Nearly 40% of home buyers under 30 receive money from their family to afford a down payment. So what happens? In short, she states, record mortgage rates, high inflation, persistent high housing and rental prices. Forbes.com uh, stated that the median house monthly housing payment hit an all-time high of $2,715 in 2023. That's up 12.6% from 2022, according to a Redfin report, which labeled 2023 as the least affordable year of on record for home buyers. Lenders generally advise monthly mortgage payments not to exceed 30% of pre-tax income. 2023 was a demoralizing year for many aspiring home buyers because, according to Forbes, mortgage rates surged, hitting a high of 7.79%, and medium home prices in the third quarter were north of $400,000. Meanwhile, chronically low sale, resale inventory receded 1.7%, leaving existing home stock at a scant three-and-a-half-month supply at current sale pace. So a lot of negative things to begin with to start. So let's go ahead and bring out some specific data that we need to go over. So the first specific data I want to talk about are home prices. They actually rose to near record highs. According to Redfin, the U.S. median sales price peaked at 425 in June, just below last year's record high of 433. However, when you average the entire year together, 2023 average median sales price was higher than any previous year in history, rising from 407,000 in 2022 to 409,000. Now, Realtor.com reports that housing prices refused to come down, and many experts predicted in 2023 there was going to be the year that home prices finally began to tumble down, but they've continued to rise. The median home price there to go up 2.1% year over year. So that does not include the December number. So why is it so high? According to Realtor.com, buyers were still forced to compete because we have a very limited supply of homes for sale. It's your simple supply and demand. The less supply you have, the higher the demand and the higher you're going to have for prices. So when you talk about move-in ready home in desirable areas, market uh, affordability comes into play and you have multiple buyers building or bidding on properties, raising the prices. Prices started at the median of 403,333 in January and steadily rose in the first half of the year and peaked actually, according to Realtor.com, at 445 in June. And then as the months cooled down and the prices fell back around to $420,000. The persons that were hit the hardest were first time home buyers because they did not have proceeds from a previous sale of a house to put toward financing. And because most first time home buyers tend to be young, they're usually beginning their career and don't have the higher salaries. Uh, to be able to afford the house. So it has become a very hard first-time home buyer market, to say the least. 
one home buyer said to Realtor.com that it does feel a bit hopeless for her buying a house. But there was some good news in this, even though it is a little bit slight. According to HomeTrack.com, higher mortgage rates reduced affordability, and affordability plays a key role in home prices. They expect constrained affordability to dampen house price growth, and in the short term, they expect to see further falls in house prices because we are starting to see the house prices fall. The house price falls have been kind of modest. Their HPI recorded uh, annual housing price index showed a fall of 0.5% in September, 1.1% in October, and 1.2% in November. The only house price falls recorded in the index in the last decade. So the price seems to be coming down a little bit. We're also seeing levels of employment that are high. Wage growth with a little stricter stress test make uh, a little bit harder for the budgets uh, to absorb these rising rates. So it meant the majority of households have been forced not to sell up, meaning to increase the prices of the house because people simply can't afford to pay the higher price. So this has definitely impacted housing prices from going higher since mortgage rates just will not allow them to go any higher. According to BipartisanPolicy.org, the impact of inflation and higher buying costs have been felt throughout the entire housing market. Home sales fell 20.2% year over year from August 2022 to August 23, and the number of new listings fell 9.29% year over year uh, during the same time, according to Zillow. The number of active home listings fluctuated between 600 and 750,000 throughout the year and dipped to as low as 560,000 in March alone. These inventory levels still far below the pandemic level, which we regularly topped 1 million houses for sale. Uh, homeowners who took out mortgages when their interest rates were two and three times lower than they were or seem to be more reluctant uh, to sell the houses now, leading to fewer homes on the market. Ramsey Solutions says their number two real estate trend for this year was the annual home buyers or buyer. The annual home values continue to rise. While they may be going down a little bit here, the speed of how they're slowing down is very minimal and they aren't expecting them to fall down. Guaranteed rate states that while mortgage rates are rising, so too were home prices. This seems to fly in the face of normal economic trends. When you have higher rates, it usually reduces the demand of home. But what's keeping it high is the supply of homes or sell has never been enough to keep up with buyer demand. So that has kept our prices high. Of course, this creates an affordability problem. Rising home prices and mortgage rates makes it very hard for first-time home buyers, as we mentioned. According to NAR's third quarter home price report, the monthly mortgage payment on a typical existing single family home with a 20% down payment was up 19.2% from exactly one year ago. Families were typically spending 26.8% of their income on mortgage payments, which is up from 23.5% just one year ago. So this is not good news when you talk about home affordability. Second financial aspect we have to talk about when it comes to real estate is inflation. Prices of goods and services rose 6.6% year over year last February. Inflation since then did start to come down, but that 6.6% doesn't get erased. So every month that it goes up, it's just another increase on the previous increase on the previous increase over the previous increase. So when you start looking at 6.6% for one month and add another 3% the next month or 2%, now you're starting to see prices year over year going up. And as everybody knows, once the prices go up, they rarely, if ever, come down. And as a result of that, the Fed started raising the benchmark rates in 2022 to combat the inflation, try to cool the economy. And 
Because of that, we started seeing the higher interest rates, which led to higher mortgage rates, which even slowed the mortgage industry even further. Since the Fed began raising the target rates in March of 2022, they increased it 11 times to the current rate of 525 to 5.5%. So on top of prices, houses, the prices of houses going up, you also then had inflation to throw on top of that, which then brought us to the third item, which increased the cost of houses, which was the mortgage interest rate. So let's now talk about mortgage rates in 2023. Unless you have been living under a rock, you clearly know that interest rates are the highest they've been in a long time. In fact, mortgage rates ballooned beyond 8% for the first time in over 20 years. Record inflation pushed the average 30-year fixed rates past 8%. For the first time since 2000, which is 23 years ago, guys. And three unsurprising results occurred. One, price many buyers and sellers out of the market. Two, home buyers didn't want to pay twice as much for homes they would not have paid that much for two to three years ago. And home sellers didn't want to give up that pre-pandemic rates. And thirdly, high mortgage rates impacted affordability across all markets, straining already strapped budgets. For example, According to Redfin, in July, the average monthly mortgage payment reached $2,637 and grew more than twice as fast as wages, 12.6% compared to a 5.2% increase. However, the good news is mortgage rates fell noticeably before the end of the year due to inflation easing up, the Fed holding steady on the rate increases, and the labor market growing slower than expected. While interest rates aren't predicted to fall much more until midway through next year, Three rate drops are predicted in 2024. Mortgage rates could continue to fall sooner than later. Matt Birdseye of the executive vice president of Bay Equity said, looking ahead, whether interest rates fall will depend on two things, the strength and resiliency of the economy and consumer behavior. Until unemployment rises and the economy slows, rates are unlikely to fall. What's the result of all this? Just 16% of homes were affordable for the typical household in 2023. The lowest for the foreseeable future. Now, bipartisanpolicy.org, which again, I find humorous that anything's bipartisan uh, anymore, said since October, the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage has fallen 84 basis points, helping foster a slight rebound in builder sentiment, a jump in the number of housing units that started construction, an increase of the number of homes listed for sale, and an uptick in mortgage applications. So the simple answer is we need these interest rates to continue to come down to increase all of that. Guaranteed Rate had a nice article about mortgage rates. Mortgage rates started the year hovering near 6.5%, then started to dip in the low sixes in February, giving everybody hope they'd get back in the 5% range. Uh, But that hadn't happened since uh, September 2022. Rates promptly started going back up, topping out near 8 or above 8 by the end of October. That remains the highest they've gotten this year at the time they wrote the article. What drove up the rates? Well, the biggest driver was the Federal Reserve setting the federal funds rate to try to tame inflation. So basically, inflation causes the Fed raised rates by a quarter of percentage points. This constant rate hiking put upper pressure on borrowing pressures, on borrowing costs like mortgage rates. Starting in September, the Fed felt the rate was high enough to put the pause to further rate hikes in September and November. They've given no indication they would cut their rates, however, any more this year, which they didn't. That was in 2023. One of the results of this is something that's called the mortgage rate lock-in effect. So let's talk about what Freddie Mac refers to as the mortgage rate lock-in effect. The housing market remained, as we talked about, frozen in 2023 due to a lack of supply, high mortgage rates, and high interest rates that added to the affordability pressures. The lack of housing supply was partially driven by this rate lock-in effect. 
This is what it is. In 2020 and 2021, mortgage rates fell significantly, hitting historic lows of 2.65% in January 2021, prompting most or many existing homeowners to refinance into this lower rate. Nearly 6 out of 10 borrowers now have a mortgage rate below 4%. Since then, mortgage rates have increased from the historic lows to 23-year highs. While rates have come down since the end of October, they remain well above the 4% rates that nearly the 60% of existing homeowners are currently locked into. With higher rates, the incentive for existing homeowners to list their property and move to a new house are greatly diminished, leaving them rate locked. Freddie uses the term mortgage rate lock effect to refer to the impact that ownership of a mortgage on a favorable term compares to current mortgage interest rates has on a homeowner's incentive to sell their house. That's a brilliant writing right there. I mean, it's absolutely spot on that 60% of the country is locked in below 4% and have zero incentive to sell their house. Uh, they went on to say this recent rate lock surge uh, effect surge explains the low supply of existing homes for sale on the market, which has pushed existing home sales to 13-year lows. And then finally to this topic, Realtor.com explains how this all equates to the typical home buyer's pocketbook. And they state, quote, these might seem like inter- incremental changes, but even small movements in rates can have an outsized impact on a buyer's budget. The difference between a 6.5% rate and an 8% rate is about $350 a month. That adds up to nearly $4,200 over the year of mortgage payments and more than $125,000 over the life of a 30-year loan. So clearly, inflation, mortgage rates, and lack of inventory are all causing financial hardship for new homeowners and causing this mortgage lock rate issue. So the next issue we have to talk about is housing inventory. Housing inventory remained well below average. According to Redfin, there was an average of 1.015 million homes listed for sale every month in 2023. Monthly inventory peaked at 1.1 million homes below 2020's 1.26 million and far below our historical norm. According to Realtor.com, Realtor gives a credit to this lock-in effect that we talked about earlier to explain why homeowners were unwilling to give up their low interest rates and move houses. They went further in their reporting and said 90% of homeowners with a mortgage have a rate below 6%. Earlier, we talked about how 60% had below 4 Well, 90% have below 6 He said this helps explain why nearly 15.2 fewer new listings came on the market in the first 11 months of 2023 compared to the same period of 2022, according to Realtor.com data. Making a move is costly, so homeowners are only going to make a move if something is forcing them to make a change due to this issue. HomeTrack.com talked about supply and demand dynamics. Demand and supply recovered in the early months of 2023 when rates drifted back from 5%. Agreed sales for the first five months of the year had moved within a healthy 2% of the five-year average. Homebuyer demand weakened, however, over the summer, reacting to the summer mortgage rate increases. During the last week of H1, Zoopla's June HPI showed buyer numbers were down 14% on the long-term average. So where are we now? According to HomeTrack, there are certainly more choices in the market. The number of homes for sale has reached a six-year high, putting more pressure on sellers to check price expectations. Demand, however, remains 13% down from 2019. Cash buyers maintain a firm hold on the market between 25 and 30% of sales, while the number of buyers rely on a mortgage fell by 30%. 
The overall effect is a decline in transactions. Home track forecasts around 1 million sales in 2023, which was down 23% from 2022. RamseySolutions.com said inventory had been moving up since April 2023, but the number of homes for sale was still down 4% year over year at the end of September. So while inventory is growing, it is not happening quick enough and it's still nowhere close to the pre-COVID levels. In September of 2023, homes spent an average of 48 days on the real estate market, two weeks less than the pre-pandemic levels. Redfin said there were just 5.4 million new listings in 2023, the lowest total on record, and a massive 16.4% drop from 2022. Average monthly new listings also posted sharp declines, falling from 585,000 a month in 2022 to 520,000 this year. The new listings are one factor that make up total housing inventory. The dramatic drop in new listings was primarily due to skyrocketing mortgage rates, keeping buyers and sellers on the sidelines. Year over year, Redfin reports that new listings fell nearly every month in 2023 until November when they began to rise for the second time since July 2022. That same month, they also posted the biggest increase since 2021 as mortgage rates fell under 7.4%, well below the high of 8%. So is there good news here? Well, the good news is new listings posted year over year gained to close out the year, providing some hope in 2024. Month of supply did reach 3.4 months. The highest level has been since 2019. While inventory measures the number of homes currently available for sale, months of supply measures the amount of time it would take for those homes to sell. Six months is considered a healthy benchmark. Less than six months makes it a seller market. More than six months make it a buyer market. The average stock of housing supply across every month in 2023 was 2.4 months, which, believe it or not, is up from the 2.1 months in 2022. Even though months of supply rose in 2023, it was still a very tight market through the first six months of the year. Just 1.4% of the nation's homes changed hands. That's the lowest share in at least a decade. The pandemic home buying boom has been credited with depleting the supply which is barely starting to recover. Months of supply gained some ground this year compared to last, reaching above three months in January, but still remain far below the balanced market. So once again, housing inventory is going to be a problem. So what is the overall conclusion? What did this mean for 2023? Well, what it means or what it meant was that home sales fell by more than 18%, hitting record lows, just 4.5 million U.S. homes sold through November of 2023, an incredible 18.3% drop from the 5.62 million homes sold in 2022 during that same period. Year-over-year home sales were negative in every single month in 2023, according to Redfin. However, the declines did shrink from a negative 37.5%, you heard that right, negative 37.5% in January 2023 to just 4.8% in November showing a promising upward trend for 2024. Unfortunately, existing home sales, a measure of how many homes that have sold at least once are expected to sell in a year, have fared much worse. In general, between 4 and 7 million existing homes sell per year, with an historic average sitting somewhere around 5 million. In 2023, experts predicted that just 3.82 million existing home sales actually occurred. That's a 7.3% drop from 2022 and the lowest annualized amount since 2010. Just 278,000 homes sold in January, the lowest amount since 2012. In May, the number of active listings dropped to 1.4 million, the lowest level on record. Fewer listings helped boost bidding wars. It caused further 
to deter buyers in impacting sales. Pending sales rose in November. Closed sales, however, fell throughout the record uh, at a record rate to close out the year. We also know that median days on market soared beyond one month as the market cooled. In 2023, homes spent an average of 37 days on the market, a full 10 days more than they did in 2022. In June and July, for example, those were the busiest months with homes spending about 29 days on the market. The slowest month, obviously, was January, where they spent about 52 days on market. 15% of all active listings did experience a price drop, 15.3% to be exact, in 2023. That's up from the 13.9% in 2022. As affordability worsened and fewer buyers entered the market, more sellers were forced to lower the prices. Uh, we also know, in fact, by November, more than one-third of all home sellers gave concessions. That was down from a record 45.6% in February, but up from 27.6% just two years earlier. On average, price drops remain more common than any year on record as limited affordability hampered buyers' budgets, which is kind of weird because you have a terribly low inventory but because the, the buyers don't have the ability to buy the house due to affordability, it's creating this weird dynamic in the market. And of course, of all sellers who dropped their original list price, the average seller dropped prices by 4.5%. Lastly, a couple of things here. Nearly 33% of homes were purchased with cash in 2023. That's up from 30.7% last year. And bidding wars also fell in 2023 as well. 51.6% of homes had a bidding war in 2023. That's down from 54% in 2022. So there you have it. So what's happening? What's the trends as a result of what guaranteedrate.com says? We're starting to see a little bit more affordability loan products. We're starting to see people having to buy points to get into the mortgage. We're also seeing temporary buy, buy downs. And we're also seeing specialized loan affordability programs. So all of that could be on the plate for 2024. So that pretty much ends our cheery update of what happened in 2023, which is an absolute blast. Uh, not to be Debbie Downer on this, but 2023 was a very tough year for a lot of people. And so we, I thought it would be best for us to go over and remind people where we were, particularly back in January in the first part of the year and how bad it was so that you can see that things are, in fact, improving here as we get toward the end of this year. And I think when we go over next week, the predictions for 2024, I think they'll be a lot better than what we saw in 2023. But there is no doubt that we had lots of challenges in our housing market in 2023. We had rising prices. We had lower in inventory. We had tremendously high interest rates. We had inflation rates that were really bad. Home affordability was at an all-time low. It's just there were a lot of factors going against us. And as a result, we saw home sales fall a minimum of 18% across the market. We saw days on market go up. We saw prices drop, we saw bidding wars go away, and it caused a lot of differences and changes in the market from what we had experienced in the years past. But the good news is we all survived it, and we all a lot of us flourished. And so 2023 wasn't terrible for as, as it could have been. I mean, 20, 2007 for me, if I remember correctly, 2007-8 collapse was a whole lot worse than what we just dealt with. So we all survived it, and we're stronger for it, and now we are ready to come out on the backside of 2024 and in for, so for next week, I will go ahead and give us what the market is predicting for 2024 so you can continue to plan for next year. That's our show for today. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. And I look forward to being back next week with another episode of Dish and Dirt. Uh, feel please like us, subscribe, share us, and tell all the other agents about us and make Dish and Dirt and Blair Kelo part of your team.